Hey, welcome to the Chess Experience. On this show, it's all about helping adult improvers. I want to make learning chess easier for you to navigate, and I also want you to have a more fun experience along the way. I'm your host, Daniel Lona, a fellow chess amateur. Let's get to it. This show is sponsored by Chess.com, the world's largest chess community. And there's a really exciting and new release from Chess.com that I've enjoyed using. It's called Classroom. This feature allows you to easily go over a game live with a friend or a club member that you just played. And you can do so interactively on the board with both of you on video talking to each other. It's also a great way to have a lesson between a student and a coach. And you can check that out on chess.com slash classroom. Welcome. For those of you who have followed my show since the start and heard the first episode, you know that this show has two focuses. The first is helping adult improvers, and the second is discussing chess-related topics that make our journey more interesting and more fun. Today's episode is in that second category, and I brought on the new but very popular chess streamer, Lula Robs. Lula is from Britain, and she actually got into chess not that long ago. Her improvement in just a short time has been amazing. In addition, she did something few amateurs do, which is she launched a Twitch streaming channel mostly focused on chess. Her popularity in the chess world this past year has soared, with huge follower numbers on Twitter and Twitch. In my opinion, this is because she's charismatic, extremely funny, read her tweets, and at the core of it, I believe because she makes chess a more fun and less stressful experience for anyone who consumes her content, and we could all use that. (laughs) In this episode, I talk with Lula about how she got into chess, the role of chess entertainment in our community, and a bit about her own chess improvement goals. Here's the interview. Hey, Lula. I'm glad to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. I've had a I've had a busy weekend and I'm really looking forward to this chat and the rest of the week. Got a lot going on, so thank you so much for having me on. Oh yeah, for sure. I've been excited like you've been on my radar to have on the show since I first knew I wanted to launch a podcast. So, oh, um so, nice. <laughs> so yeah, I just <laughs> I just knew you would be an awesome guest to have. Um you know, I've been following what you've been doing for, um, I can't say necessarily the whole time because I don't know exactly the date that you began, but I feel like close to mm-hmm. the beginning or at least somewhere around there. Um, and I, and since then, I've just seen you obviously have a lot of great success since then. And and it's just uh, been awesome to see. And I'm I'm one of your fans, actually, even just apart from <laughs> having you on the, on the podcast. <laughs> I, I just like, I like what you do within the chess world. And that's, that's one of the key reasons that I brought you on. And it'll be uh, a topic of today's conversation. Um, but I just thought we'd start from the beginning with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard you mention sure. on the 64 podcast that, uh, that you were inspired by the Queen's Gambit, uh, or at least um, maybe re-inspired to play more chess. Uh, can you describe like that period when you got excited about chess again and how that led to becoming a chess streamer? Yeah, of course. So the Queen's Gambit came out and we were in lockdown in the UK, so there wasn't a whole lot going on. And I binge watched it across, I think, a weekend. Uh, and then I binge watched it again um, before I started playing. But my um, my boyfriend at the time came to stay with us over Christmas. And he's he'd always been really into chess. 
So I finally took the plunge and downloaded the chess.com app and he was so excited. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was crazy really because I'd, I'd just never shown an interest before, but honestly, the Queen's Gambit, I have watched it again a third time since starting to play chess. And, you know, I now seeing it as a chess player, there are some things which are, you know, obviously it would have been great to have games from, uh, women, women chess players and things like that in it. But as somebody who didn't play chess, that show was huge. Um, it was probably the only thing that could have gotten me into chess at the time. So, um, yeah, I just kind of got addicted. It, it sounds silly, but we, we had this, um, quite scrappy old chessboard. It's actually the same as one of the ones they feature in the show, but in much worse condition. Um, <laughs> and we, we just started playing over the board and, um, my, he's, he's my best friend now. He was such a, he was such a patient, good teacher. I think if I hadn't had somebody to kind of take me through the first stages of learning chess, I wouldn't have stuck with it. Honestly, <laughs> when I realized how much harder it is than I had anticipated, I think I would have gotten frustrated and given up. But yeah, because we were in lockdown, I mean, I just got stuck in and then I started playing a ton of daily games on the app and I was like daily is the worst uh, daily sorry I was like daily is the best time control I'm never gonna play any other time controls I don't like live <laughs> chess it's too stressful rapid is too fast um and now I never play daily because it's too slow <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah it was really all at once like and it, it hasn't let up since that's amazing. But also one of the things that I've always loved about chess since becoming interested in it is kind of how vast and endless it seems and how much there is and how, uh, I mean, it makes you feel small sometimes when you realize uh, that there are so many things about chess you'll never know. But it's definitely one of the things that attracted me to it. And then with streaming, it's kind of something that I had always thought would be cool to do. Like I grew up in the age of YouTubers and vloggers and things like that. And I was way too young to be doing stuff like that when I was watching it on YouTube. But then Twitch came up and I thought it looked so fun. Uh, I just, I had no idea like what I would even stream there if I had a channel. So after I started playing chess, um, it just the two kind of went hand in hand because chess had just started having that boom after pog champs and everything like that and it was kind of a way to play chess with people because I didn't really know many people in real life who played chess especially not where I live I didn't go to my local chess club it wasn't running during the pandemic so it, it was very much a sociable kind of activity uh, to start with I think. So when you started streaming um did you did you kind of like have uh, a view to the future or ambitions to make it a really big big thing for yourself or was it just like you said just just the fun of it and socializing with people and just kind of like a uh, a little side fun thing to have in your life That's a good question at at the time I really didn't know what I wanted to do um I I had graduated that summer from university and everything was still up in the air with the pandemic and lockdown and streaming was, I mean, I don't think you can really go into streaming like, Hey, this is going to be my career because it's, it's not the most practical outlook. Um, no one has to watch you first of all, but it's also, 
you can spend a lot of time streaming and not see much uh, result. It's not like when you go to a nine to five and you get paid every month the same amount and you have people who are calling the shots. You kind of are all on your own and it's a bit scary if you actually want to make that into something. Um, But when I started to grow on Twitch, I think I realized, hey, maybe this could actually be something. And um, I kind of clung to that uh, quite, quite firmly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, right now, as it stands at the time of this interview, you already have quite a few uh, big accomplishments, I would say, especially for having just started what maybe in the past year or so, year and a half. Um, you know, we we talked about this a little bit before. You you got a shout out from Levy Rosman. You That's just true. made <laughs> you just made a, a Twitch partner. You've been featured uh, on the homepage of Chess.com for a blog that you wrote, and I mean the list goes on and on. Those are just some of the things you've achieved. What do you think um, made the difference that you started attracting? Uh, a lot more followers. Was there something different that you were doing or or was it a shift that you made in how you approach streaming? That's a good question. I mean, I think when I started streaming a lot and streaming consistently, I definitely found that people were coming back more, which obviously makes sense. Streaming is, and this is what I tell people, um, and it's what everybody says is streaming is so momentum based. If you take a break, it really drops off. So consistency is really important. And then I also bought my first actual microphone um, and stuff like that. And it really improved the quality, made people want to watch more. I've since upgraded that. And now I have a uh, real big streamer microphone that, you know, I don't actually know how it works. And my friend had to set up for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I think that quality uh, is obviously so important, but it's also something that you can't invest too heavily in until you know that it's going to be worthwhile. Yeah. And now that you've become much bigger in the streaming space, well, I don't know, maybe you, maybe you already had people who in the chess streaming uh, community who inspired you, but especially now that you're bigger, I, I imagine there's there's maybe one or two people who you kind of admire and what they're doing and, and use that as inspiration. Uh, is there anyone who, who fits that mold for you? So when I first started out, uh, I'd actually only been playing chess for about a month. So I didn't really know any of the big chess streamers apart from uh, Gotham Chess and Hikaru, <laughs> which obviously everybody knows. Um, and Gotham Chess was kind of my gateway into chess content I watched all of his YouTube videos and that kind of thing um but now I'm I'm actually a really big Anna Cranling fan she had amazing growth over the past year on her channel and uh it's just great to see women creators thriving on Twitch honestly especially in the chess category uh there are so many uh female chess streamers actually it's really cool to see yeah I agree with that well on both counts one I think Anna is amazing. I first discovered her when she was coaching Michelle Carrari uh, in PogChamps 3. And yeah. I thought she was fantastic. Uh, so much great energy, so much awesome knowledge. Um, She's just kind of perfect for that format. Also that uh, they're just, I don't know exactly the reasons, but there seems to be a lot more women uh, in chess streaming than in other subcategories of chess. Uh, but that's great because chess streaming is really popular. It has a lot of visibility. And I think, I think 
I mean, I'm curious to know what your thoughts on this are, Lula, but I think that that's helping change the dynamic of um, women in chess, at least to a degree. What do you think? So I think that Twitch is a great kind of gateway to chess. And I think that it's, I mean, it's fairly non-standard, but I think it's becoming more common. People aren't getting into chess in the same way as maybe they used to be. Um, I mean, with the Queen's Gambit and online chess being so important over the past um, year or so. With women in chess, I actually was speaking to uh, someone about this recently who runs a, a chess club in the UK. A lot of women who have started playing recently don't seem quite ready to take the plunge into playing for a rating, like a FIDE rating mm. or going to a, a club. Mm. Um, and most of them seem to be playing uh, online or in kind of casual clubs, which is really cool to see that people are trying to play over the board. I think that the crossover to getting more women playing rated chess and in tournaments and at the higher level, I think that's all going to take a lot more time. But with these kind of non-standard gateways into chess for beginners, I think it's definitely attracting more women. I think it's keeping more women in the game to see women streaming chess, creating content when they see themselves represented. I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to quantify how much impact it has, but it seems like it could only have a positive impact to just uh, have this really popular um, format where people uh, first engage with chess, which is streaming, and mm -hmm. see a lot of women there. I mean, that's just that just seems to only be a positive. Anyhow, let's move towards this kind of like the the big topic that I'd love to to discuss with you, sure. <laughs> which is for the past five to ten years or so, uh, my perception, and I'm kind of sort of a quasi newbie within chess as well, was that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, chess entertainment, which is to say that almost everything that existed before like 2010 or so uh, was either just like some kind of lesson, teaching lesson in chess or news coverage of what's going on in the chess world. But I think, you know, in the past five to 10 years or so with Twitch, uh, YouTube, things like that, there's, there's now a space for chess content that's basically about consuming chess just for fun uh, without worrying about what you learned that day necessarily, which I think is a really good thing. Um, and Lula, I see you as, as you know, like a, a big part of that new element within chess. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are uh, on this idea of chess entertainment being a new, bigger part of the culture and uh, how you think it can make the experience better for people. I think it's really important actually to to a degree, casualize chess, make it more relaxed. Because, I, I mean, I am an adult improver. Of course, I want to uh, get better at the game, improve my understanding, get a higher rating, all of those things. But uh, it's not the case for everybody. Some people are happy to just play. They don't care about rating. They don't care about learning openings. They just want to play a board game and chess if you really boil it down, it is just a board game and that's okay. Um, and it's okay for it to just be fun. So <laughs> chess entertainment, I think is great because if, you, if you're just playing a couple of games of chess a week just to have fun and then you like watching creators or engaging with that kind of content, then having that kind of space where it's not all about I have to improve, I have to improve, could be really good for helping people actually stay in the game, keep playing chess and maybe later on they'll want to improve, but it's also very valid to just, you know, play. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I'm an advocate for it. Was that ever by design for you when you decided to become a streamer or at least shortly after that you said, okay, I mean, in other words, was it a conscious decision to say, I want to bring more entertainment and fun into the game of chess? Or is it just, just how you just sort of naturally approached it? There was definitely no design. Uh, and when I say you can just play for fun, I don't mean that these things have to exist as a binary. I, I do a lot of, um, you know, improver stuff as well. But with my content, when I first started, I was I was literally just playing chess on the internet. Um, like I saw a lot of people doing, playing games against viewers and that kind of thing. And I guess there was this point maybe maybe six months ago, maybe not that long ago, where I felt like it wasn't enough. And I felt as though it could be more original or more unique or I had in some way more to offer rather than just playing chess on the internet. I mean, obviously I'm not the strongest chess streamer by any means. I'm, I'm only about 1400, 1500 rated. So people don't come to me looking for like Hikari level chess, right? They don't come to my stream to see somebody do some crazy calculations. So from that perspective, I wanted to diversify my content. And I think that with Twitter, which is something that I picked up relatively recently because I'd been streaming for definitely at least six months when I started uh, posting memes on Twitter, uh, which is how we met. <laughs> right. um, I just, I don't know. I guess I just wanted more from chess uh, online. And I guess my thought was, if I don't see it, I guess I can create that. And I mean, there's been some great stuff like, Again, Gotham Chess's uh, Guess the Elo. It's kind of like a TV show in and of itself. Right. And there are people making original, unique, diverse chess content. I just wanted to be one of them. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's not many. In fact, I was going to say, as I was thinking about this interview, <laughs> that I really feel like um, Levy is, is is really your only competition in, the, in that space. Like, I don't think anyone else is doing chess entertainment uh, again, for lack of a better phrase, as well mm. as you. You're, I think you're right up there with him, frankly. And uh, thank and, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know, there's just you, Lula, and what you bring to the table as your own individual, which is, I think, a big part of your success. But I also think the other part of it is what you're talking about, which is, you know, the fact that you've become successful, I think, is a testament to the desire <laughs> amongst the chess community to have chess be a bit more fun and not so. I don't know, maybe uptight or always super serious. But anyhow, um, I think that's great that later on you decided that you wanted to make it more intentional in terms of just bringing more more fun to to chess. Do you feel like that's that's the primary thing that makes you you stand out in the chess community? Is is just that desire and actual delivery on making chess more fun? Definitely, some of my some of my content is very original i mean i did a stream where i made a powerpoint on what i thought chess players tinder profiles would look like i haven't seen that before um but i think a lot of what people watch streamers for now is just um it's based a lot on personality and just who they like so you know i'm not going to appeal to everybody but 
I definitely have found people who watch my streams just because they like hanging out with me, you know. I have viewers who don't even really play chess. Um, so what makes me original or unique or appealing, I guess, would be from my perspective that I'm always trying to in some way improve. And I think that there is mm. an appeal in my content for viewers who stick around for the long haul. They like seeing me uh, grow in terms of my chess understanding. And there, I mean, there are people who have been watching me since I was 900 and now I'm 1500 or whatever. And they really like being on that journey with me, which is awesome because the support network is um, kind of self-perpetuating. I, I get better at chess. They want to get better at chess. You know, it's very encouraging. That's great. I was going to add this question for you. And I, I feel like maybe it's a stupid question, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just so curious about this. So obviously what you said, absolutely true. Mm -hmm. uh, I think another element, my opinion, is just how great you are at humor. Uh, that's really rare in chess. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not to criticize the chess community, but it does seem to not have always the best sense of humor. And uh, I really appreciate that about your content in, in every format, whether you're streaming or it's an article or your Twitter feed. Um, you just always bring a great sense of humor to everything you do. So good, in fact, that I can't help but wonder, like, do you, do you happen to have a background in comedy? And this is the maybe the dumb question, but I can't help but wonder. Ask it. <laughs> <laughs> there are no dumb questions. No, I don't have a, a background in comedy. I mean, I do have a, a very elaborate background in uh, consuming and producing memes, though. I think when I was about 14, I was making really weird, offbeat Steve Buscemi memes and just sending them to my <laughs> friends. And they were like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Um, but all of a sudden, that's become useful. And people, people are liking my chess memes. So I guess, honestly, growing up, they call us digital natives. Being on the internet, um, I don't know, makes you funny, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but nothing professional. Okay. All right. Uh, but it is interesting to know that the great chess memes that you've made, like this wasn't your first dive into memes. Like you've had some, you know, <laughs> prior behind the scenes <laughs> practice <laughs> that, uh, that maybe attributes uh, some of your, your amazing skill in it now. Um, what's been the most enjoyable part for you in becoming a chess streamer? Probably some of the people that I've met, uh, whether they be other streamers or viewers who became mods, who became friends, other streamers who I've met in real life, made some amazing friendships out of streaming chess. And I'm incredibly proud of my community. I think they're, I guess every streamer says this, I think they're the best community on Twitch. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to you, my viewers. Um, because... They they do sometimes have to be very patient with me. I, I miss mate and one a lot. Um, things like that. <laughs> so I, I honestly the social aspect, I absolutely love it. I would be miserable if I was, you know, sat in a box by myself all day. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's one I mean, obviously I'm not doing that either, so <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> What's been one of the challenges or one of the bigger challenges for you in being a chess streamer and how have you kind of managed it or alleviated it sure so one of the biggest challenges and I guess it is the big challenge is is what I'm doing valid is it a good use of time and and is it 
real and does it exist? Uh, which, you know, you've, I feel like I question myself on this a lot because being, I'm, I'm 23. So, uh, there are definitely people who ask me when I'm going to get a inverted commas real job <laughs> um, oh. because I've been throwing myself into this um, so much for the past year. I haven't really had time for anything else. Um, so believing in uh, everything that I'm creating is at sometimes at, at times difficult because like I said, you can go very long periods without seeing a lot of results. Like over this weekend, I had such a crazy, crazy weekend. It's like everything all came together all at once, which was amazing. Um, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And sometimes you'll feel it, you're left feeling very kind of um, demotivated. Yeah. Are there instances like maybe because you said your community is <clears throat> your favorite part of streaming. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if that can help you with, <laughs> with the hardest part in that. <laughs> do they do they ever give you a comment or something that makes you feel like, okay, this is this is definitely worth it? Yeah, of course. Honestly, just if somebody says that I've made their day even a little bit better, it makes it worth it. That's amazing. I love that. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> speaking for myself, I mean, every time I interact with you in some way online, and I don't mean conversationally, I just mean seeing one of your tweets, or a blog post or one of, uh, I think, like my personal favorite are the great YouTube videos you've created, definitely makes me uh, happy. And I always, I, I just feel better about being part of the chess community whenever I see your content, frankly. Thank you so much. That means that means a lot to me. It really does. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm just kind of curious to talk a little bit about the improvement side of chess. I know we've talked a lot sure, about like, the yeah. fun stuff, although in a serious way, oddly. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, to, you know, improving is also something that uh, you're working on and something that your audience connects with. And uh, Lula, my, my opinion, if you're curious, you didn't ask, but I'll, I'll offer it anyway, um, <laughs> uh, is, is like, I think there's several things that make you really appealing as someone to follow in the chess community. Uh, one of them I already talked about is your great sense of humor. Another is that you, and this is very closely related, is that you um, you make chess fun and entertaining for people, which chess is really stressful. So I think that's a that's a really <laughs> important thing. Um, but in the in the third part to me is. I think the fact that you are a fellow adult improver, that you're an amateur chess player, um, makes you very relatable because almost everyone on the planet is who plays chess. And yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, so I I love that aspect of what you do as well. You're not you're not living in a completely different space like a lot of the masters and grandmasters do. Uh, much respect to them, but you know sometimes it's hard to relate to their perspective in chess. So I'm just curious to dive a little bit into that. Like, how do you approach studying and improving at chess right now? So I do have a coach, although it's been such a busy start of the year that I've been really bad with having regular lessons. Honestly. Lately, it is hard to find time to dedicate to studying. I'm playing my first rated tournament in April. So every Monday night, me and my friends who are going, we do a little study session. And honestly, sometimes I just spend that time uh, editing content or things like that, because sometimes it seems, you know, more important. Um, but I mean... I'm currently playing uh I've got I've got really engaged in my local chess scene lately 
essentially as a as a way to play more of the board, meet more chess players and things like that. So I'm playing in two local uh, Swiss tournaments. And so every week I play a classical game and then I analyze it. And I think that's been really, really valuable and a great use of my time and a way to uh, see my improvement kind of over a longer period, which you don't get with playing 10 plus zero online, you know, that kind of thing. I think classical is so underrated, especially for those of us who picked it back up in the pandemic and maybe haven't had the opportunity to play long form chess, uh, especially in real life, not just online. So I think that practicing classical and analyzing it has been really really good and it, it's more appealing than picking up a book a lot of the time so I, I do have a an ever-growing stack of chess books that I'm not going to talk about because many <laughs> of them I've just just only dipped into or read the introduction to so I mean one day I'll have hopefully more time to get stuck into them but it's been really difficult actually to balance improving with creating content because I love both pretty much equally and uh, the reason I started playing chess initially was I wanted to get really good at it. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, beat all my friends who'd been playing for much longer and things like that. I'm incredibly competitive. And um, so taking taking a backseat on studying is something that I have had to do. But I, I think that meaningful analysis, not just sitting you know, with a game report. Game report is great for if you're playing rapid and, and blitz and things like that. Meaningful analysis of uh, classical games has been really helpful for me, um, especially in positions that I've, you know, sat at the board with and struggled over for, you know, 20 minutes of deep thought and then plundered. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, f- a familiar tale for <laughs> all of us chess players. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I- I'm curious, does your does your coach ask you to work on certain things outside of your, your times that you meet with him or, you know, is it, is it pretty much just game analysis? Yeah. He sets me homework. I love it actually. Um, he'll, he'll make me studies and things like that, that I can look at in my own time, which is, is really valuable. Um, and we also talk kind of, I'll, I'll send a message like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. And he'll send me a, a thoughtful reply, kind of, oh, you should look at this, this, and this, and then we'll talk about it next time we meet. Do you feel like the time that you spend playing chess as a streamer still contributes to your growth right now? Yes and no. I mean, it's better to play chess than to play no chess if you want to get better. Um, playing playing three plus two blitz for four hours, I wouldn't argue <laughs> is going to make you really good at chess in the long term. But um, one thing that I did find faster time controls helped me out with was things like choice paralysis, where you have a ton of candidate moves and you don't know what to do, or you don't know what the right plan is and things like that. And you actually just have to make a decision or you run out of time. So as somebody who really struggles with uh, time management, uh, I think playing faster chess does sometimes help with things like that. Playing my viewers, I... (laughs) It's, it's difficult to balance between focusing on the game and focusing on chat. And some days I'll do more of one than the other. So sometimes I will play a great game. Honestly, probably some of my best ever games have been played on stream. But it's definitely, you can't use all of your brain for the chess. <laughs> so 
yeah. as a compromise. I'm I'm amazed by people who do that. Like I get upset if there's like a two second noise distraction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would blunder every other move basically if if I had to <laughs> talk with chat in that setting. And some some days I do. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any specific chess improvement goals or is it just, you know, just the process right now of of working with your coach and uh, going to the tournaments and things like that? I'm very goal oriented generally. So I did set chess goals at the beginning of the year. One of my really big ones, which I think I I'm going to say this now, <laughs> hold me to this. Uh, I think it's achievable is I would like to be 2000 on chess.com by the time the year is over. Amazing. So uh, it's it's pretty ambitious, but I think it's doable. If you keep beating 1750 FIDE rated opponents, like it's not far away for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You've already, you can already check that off your list. You've done it once. So uh, definitely seems possible for you. Um, Who are maybe your top one or two chess players who are active right now, like living and still playing that you'd be thrilled to meet? This is a really tricky question because I, I get asked quite frequently who my favorite chess player is. And I know this is a different question and I'm glad it's a different question because I don't have an answer to the other one, but um, the kind of, (laughs) the kind of chess players that uh, I really admire are ones who seem to have, a very kind of pure love for the game. Like I'm thinking of people like Vasily Vanchuk or Shakriya Mamajarov, uh, who are, you know, wh- when they start talking about chess or when you watch them play chess, they're so deeply into the game, you know? I mean, of course I have other role models that I would love to meet. Um, I mean, Susan Polgar tweeted at me over the weekend, which kind of made my entire life. I would love to meet her um, <laughs> and her sisters. So, I mean, I, I would probably be starstruck meeting most uh, chess players. I think I think most of us would be most famous chess players. Um, but yeah, uh, Vasily Ivanchuk, when you see him analyze, it's, I don't know, hits different. <laughs> I'll ask, a, uh, yeah, for sure. I'll ask a follow up in a similar vein, um, and and maybe this relates to your some of your YouTube content on this. Who would you enjoy just hanging out with, you know, regardless of their ability or or that sort of thing? Like just you know, just like a, a well known chess person who you know you you would just enjoy uh, having a a Thursday night out with or whatever. Oh, that's okay. That's a really good question. Oh my gosh. Um, Hopefully it's one of the ones who came to your birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like Anna Rudolph is a really fun person to be around. That's the the kind of vibe that I get that I don't think you could have a a bad time hanging out with her. Honestly, I I really think that um, I would love to hang out with Levy's wife, Lucy, hmm. uh, Gotham Chess's wife. She doesn't play that much chess, um, I don't think. I think she is more of an adult improver like us. Yeah. But uh, she she honestly seems like a really nice person. And I know they recently went vegetarian. And uh, so I'd love to share recipes with her and things like that. Um, it would probably be, I would probably lean more towards um, women. Uh, also, Anna Cramling, we're kind of around the same age i'm a little bit older but i think we would have a good time hanging out that's awesome 
<laughs> do you do you have a favorite chess meme that you've created so far? Ooh, that's a that's a hard question, actually. Um, it's like asking me to choose a favorite child. Uh, <laughs> okay, so chess meme, like one of the ones I posted on Twitter. Right, right. 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 Yeah, one of your okay, own. I I like the one that was it was like a tag yourself and it was a list of things that chess players thought was a substitute for a personality or whatever. And there's things like Bishop takes F7 check and things like that on it or one percent or it was like a big meme, you know, like the ones where I just kind of like uh, erase the text and add chess to it. Those aren't as close to my heart as the ones that I, <laughs> I create from scratch. Um, I also did uh, chess openings as like, Dungeons and Dragons alignments, which was really mm. fun. But th those those don't do as well, but I don't really mind because I love them. Um, so, yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, I think the one that you referenced, uh, the first one that you referenced, I remember seeing that yeah. and uh, I couldn't I couldn't choose. I couldn't choose. Like, it stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you all of them or none of them? I, I was like three or four of them. And so I'm like, how, oh, do, yeah. I, how do I pick? But uh, yeah, I definitely really like that. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the most important question of the entire interview. Um, have you settled on a white opening or is it still 1B4? Okay, so 1B4, the Polish, will always be very close to my heart. Um, it carries me through a lot of bullet games, in all honesty. But I have actually been learning 1C4 over the mm. past four, four three, three or four months, maybe. Um and I really like it, actually. It's very flexible. Uh, it's not E4, where there's, you know, a lot of theory that everybody else knows. And around my intermediate level, no one knows what to do against C4. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm almost guaranteed to be more familiar with the positions than they are. And uh, it kind of plays to my positional chess strengths. I'm, I always say that tactics in chess are like using cheat codes. <laughs> I don't really, I'm much more of a positional player, um, struggle with finding tactics sometimes, but yeah. So the English opening has been something that I've been learning and I, I'm enjoying it. Although I did, um, I did kind of climb my bullet rating back lately with B4, so I can't disregard it completely. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if someone wins the game against you through a tactic, it, it, it kind of feels unfair <laughs> to you basically. <laughs> A little bit like they just cheated. Um, yeah, but when I win with the tactic, it's obviously not the same. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, totally yeah, legit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, well, I've just had so much fun chatting with you, and, I, and I'm just really honored that you came on to the podcast. Um, like I said, I, we, we talked about this briefly before we started recording. I'm just happy I got you on the podcast now before, uh, you know, I'm – the, like the disparity between us grows even wider and I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> too small of a show to have you on as, <laughs> as a guest. Um, Thank you so much for, for inviting me. It's absolutely. been great. Absolutely. I'd love to have you on again in the future and, and catch up on all your latest accomplishments uh, at that point and, and what's going on with you as a, as a streamer and a chess player. So I uh, hope to have you back on again in the future. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Who knows what the future holds? Yeah. I 
feel pretty confident it's it's all good for you. Um, so <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I won't jinx hopeful. anything, but I I have faith. I have faith. Again, thanks for being on the show, uh, Lula, and uh, it was great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of my business, Adult Chess Academy. And that has a website with the same name if you want to look for it. You can also find me being way too active on Twitter by searching my username, Lona underscore chess. See you next week.